Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Welcome to Exploring Missions. This weekend edition is exciting because we've got some musicians. Anytime Bert Harper gets to interview musicians, there's like a a, a brain freeze because music and Bert Harper doesn't go together when it's producing but I do enjoy it. So we're going to enjoy this. Nathan, you know how bad I sound when I sing, but good to have people that can sing around us, isn't it? It is. You know, you can take art appreciation and music appreciation classes in college without having to do anything, (laughs) just appreciate it. And so that's what we're going to do a little bit today. Well, what they did for my fine arts course in place of art or music, they gave me floral design. That was easy. <laughs> stick a flower here, stick a flower there. I made it, Nathan. Well, I got I got out. Miracles of happen every day. Yeah, they right? do, they do. But we are glad you're <laughs> listening to today, and we do enjoy sharing this time with you. But we do have guests today. They're Chosen Road, and this is a musical group. And let me see. I'm going to give a quiz, Nathan. If they play the guitar, the mandolin, the banjo, and the ba- upright bass, could it be? Let me see. What? Something something to do with the color blue. Maybe. Blue? I believe bluegrass would have yeah. it. And as yeah. uh, far as I'm concerned, bluegrass musicianship is about as high on the list as anybody can get. And I'm going to just go out on a limb, especially the mandolin. How in the world does a person play that little bitty thing in eight strings? If you ever figure it out, let me know. Okay, well, <laughs> I, okay. yeah, I, I just enjoy it. So, guys, we want to introduce you, Chosen Road, but let's go around and say your name, and then what, what instrument you play. All right, so I'm Jonathan Buckner. I play guitar with the band. I'm Zach Alvis, and I play mandolin. I'm Josh Hicks, and I play the banjo. And I'm Tyler Robertson, and I play the bass. And we just love that and appreciate it. But uh, you, have, you guys, I think Nathan was talking about, they have a, a new album out. Or, since I've been in the radio, we call it Project, a new yeah. project out, right? We don't know what to call it because now people are listening to – albums again they're listening to vinyl records right. again so it's so confusing yeah so tell us a, a little bit about the uh about the project and how folks can listen and maybe download or purchase a copy yeah well if, if they like what they hear today they can find all of our music on any streaming platform spotify apple music all that stuff um but we started back in 2009 and we released our latest album in uh, February of this year, and it is an entire album of nothing but old hymns of the church and uh, entitled Appalachian Hymns. So they're done in an Appalachian style um, on the instruments that you know we all play back home in the mountains of West Virginia, North Carolina. Yeah. West Virginia. West Virginia. All, the, all of you from there or North Carolina? We've got a Georgia guy right now. One Georgia guy. One, one Georgia. part of Georgia, man. So it's northeast Georgia. It's right North. there on the line near Greenville, South Carolina, those places. So they they let you in? Yeah. yeah okay. there's, there, there's some hills in Georgia now. They yeah. are, yeah. Okay. Well, we're, we're so glad y'all are here. <clears throat> we're proud of that project that you're doing, and praise God for that. But you're also working with the North American Mission Board? We have for quite some time now. For about the past five years, about five years ago, 
was the first time that we started working with them and we've been doing it since and it's probably the most meaningful work that we're able to do through our music is the work that we do with Nam. So we want to dive into that a little bit, but before we kind of go deeper with that, tell us a little bit about maybe your spiritual and maybe musical journeys of of how God has brought you to this point. Uh, I didn't realize you guys had been around for so long. What time? What? 2000 and 2009. Wow. Okay. We started and I was in my junior year of college. Okay. I was working for another Southern gospel group and I just felt led to start my own band. And so uh, reached out to some other guys that I knew from our home region. And Zach was one of those guys, Zach right here that plays mainland. He was 12 years old when we started and he's 14 now. He just, <laughs> he just didn't have any other options. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I was Somebody said that I was an advocate of child labor. That wasn't true. <laughs> I was just trying to you know, train him up right. But so, yeah, so we started back in 2009 and really kind of the all of us, we all grew up in church and around gospel music and uh, just grew up loving it. It was just a part of who we were. And then I think each of our testimonies are kind of the same with growing up in church. And then we all had that moment where we realized that, you know, that that we knew about Jesus, but we didn't have a true personal relationship with Jesus. And so you could go through each of our testimonies and they're all kind of similar. Mine was, I came to that moment when I realized that I'd grown up knowing about him, but I didn't have an actual relationship with Jesus. I was in a, a church youth camp out in rural Kentucky. It was August. There was no AC in that tabernacle and uh, it was a glorified cow pasture, but, yeah. but God spoke to my heart and I realized that I, that I needed him and I made him Lord of my life. But each of us, we have a, kind of a similar testimony, really. But then, you know, we just ended up somehow people all the time. They ask, how did you all get together? How did you meet? And there's been several different members of the band through the years. And I always just chalk it up to just the providential hand of God is what has brought brought us together and then brought the different guys to the band through the years. And 13 years later, we've been able to share the gospel all around the world now and uh, face to face with more than a million people. And we've seen thousands come to know Christ. And so that's kind that's of just who we are. Chosen Road. Tell me about the name. That's an interesting topic. We, I was doing an interview last night. There was, there was a young man, a kid, that called. We were at his church last year, and he was doing a research project. And his dad called me last week, said he wants to do his research project on Chosen Road. He's a kid out in Missouri. And so, so I actually was talking to him last night, and he asked me that same question. And a uh, little fifth grader. And, and I told him, well, the funny thing was we actually played one date under a different name we did a county fair under a different name the name was terrible and uh, i think it was like wilderness was what we called it and then we didn't like it <laughs> and hey, so we were I, can't, my, I can't imagine why you would yeah like i know we, now joshua would have liked the wilderness i mean you know especially you know joshua and moses yeah, been yeah. Good. <laughs> he wasn't in the band then though oh, okay, yeah he came okay. later yeah. so we were actually sitting in my living room rehearsing one night and we were trying to think of another name and at this time, we never. when we started this, we never dreamed that one day we would do it for a living and that we would be traveling full time. It was never meant to, to be that. And But we were sitting there and my mom said, well, what about Chosen Road? And so I have to give my mom credit. She was the one that came up with that name. Very good. And so it just stuck. It's what we went with. Yeah, it made sense. So have you experienced maybe that uh, through the years in in you see the road that God has chosen for you and walking in obedience in that? How, how has that led you? Uh, to this point. Yeah. Well, you know, through the years there, especially if you look back, there was a moment in, in our ministry life about six or seven years ago when we were just trying to figure out how to, I don't, I don't want to say break the glass ceiling and just try to get farther than where we had gotten. Cause since we started day one, I've always, every year we want to reach more people than we ever have before 
for Christ, not for ourselves and to make ourselves known, but to make Christ known. And so it's just, man, how do we break that glass ceiling and, and get our ministry in front of more people than ever before? And, um, you know, we've had opportunities through the years to do secular projects from, from bluegrass labels that they said, well, yeah, we'd love to have you if you would do an album that would be, you know, half gospel and half secular, whatever. But that's just not who we are. It's not who God called us to be. And so we chose that road and we've stuck to it. And God's been faithful. And, and people ask, I was asked earlier today, actually, you know, what's next for Chosen Road? And I always just say whatever God wants, wherever he sends us, that's where we'll go. Our guest today is Chosen Road. And uh, they are a, a bluegrass uh, gospel group that has made a recent album. And I guess it caught them off guard. I thought y'all were ready. They're to trying sing. to get the key right now. They is get what the they're key. Doing. They're okay, getting, we're see, ready uh, and set. Verse. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my ransom Amen. Right. I'm telling you, nice. I can hear the applause. That is great, guys. <laughs> my mom. That is so... <laughs> that, I love that. That is great. Yeah, so we want our audience, our listeners, to uh, to connect with you guys, and and uh, so give that website one more time where where they can check you out. Yeah, chosenroadmusic.com. Okay, chosenroadmusic.com. So we want you to do that, and we're going to ask you guys maybe to tell a little bit more about your uh, journey with uh, North American Mission Board and and what church replanting and revitalization might be about. There's probably some folks listening who are part of a church. And it might not be a Baptist church, it might be any any mm -hmm. church anywhere, but they might be feeling like, especially, you know, at this point after COVID, and some churches are seeing some bounce back with uh, people jumping back in, and but some are not. And so maybe they're feeling like, hey, we're in a place where we want God to work, but we don't know what to do. We feel stuck. What have you seen in, in some of that work that you've been able to do? We've seen God do some amazing things. And I think that that's the most important thing is we've seen God move in churches that you hate to say that they've been dead for a long time, but sometimes there's no other way to say it than right. to say it that yeah. way. Um, but we've seen God do some amazing things. We started working with them about five years ago and we were actually at a bluegrass festival at the international bluegrass music awards and convention. And we were playing, we did a few different shows over a couple days, different spots throughout that festival. And, there was this guy that kept following us around and uh, he was a big guy, had an international harvester hat on. And um, I just thought he was, man, this old farmer must really like bluegrass music. He came up to me after the last um, set that he saw us do. And he said, Hey, I think we've got some mutual friends. And his name was John Mark Clifton. And he is over church replanting and revitalization with the North American mission board. And he said, Hey, would you all be willing to help us sound the alarm? for the need that we have in North America for church replanting and for church revitalization. 
And um, I said, yeah, you know, we would definitely do that. And so then we connected and he started telling me more about it. And, you know, there were churches that we sang in 13 years ago that aren't around today hmm. back home. And um, so it was something that resonated with us. It really did. And so he asked us, he said, would you all record a song? It was called International Harvester. It's just a really cool song. And really, we did that to encourage pastors who are laboring in dying churches or churches or pastors who have, you know, replanted a church. So don't you lose heart or grow weary in your, in your well-doing. Just keep your hand to the plow. Don't you look back now for the night is soon coming. Like a mighty combine. Gonna come and gather the wheat from Kansas to Capernaum, and he'll reclaim the land. The sin and death is won. And in the international harvester, yes, he'll reclaim the land. The sin and death is won. It's one of those things, there's so many empty church buildings right now across North America, sometimes there's not necessarily a need to, to build a new building. They're sitting there. One that's already there. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the thing is, is the, those buildings are buildings that, you know, Christians and saints, that they gave money to, to get those buildings built, and they've been built for the glory of God, and so there's no use in them just sitting there empty. So let's or just becoming use, funeral homes. They're becoming funeral homes, yeah. or bars, or nightclubs. Yeah. We see that now in cities. Yeah. And so it was something that hit home, so we recorded that song. And what's been amazing is the number of pastors. There, Each and every week, we will get emails or messages on our social media platforms from pastors that said, that will, they'll say, I was ready to walk out of the office this week. And I listened to that song, and I stayed another week. And um, so it's just been amazing to see God work that way. But um, it really just, we have seen, even through um, our music, not even in the church, but outside of the church, there was just situations where there was a guy that came and saw us at a, at a outdoor bluegrass festival who came up to me and he said, Hey, I found out about you all through the work that you do with the North American mission board. And so we connected, we met, he told me his name. I forgot it. Um, about a year later, there was a church very close to our home base that they were without a pastor and they had been struggling for years and they looked and they looked and they looked and they just couldn't get anybody. Cause there's not a lot of people that want to go to Southern West Virginia into the coal fields. It's a tough place to yeah. do ministry. And, um, for whatever reason, God put that guy on my mind that it came up to me at that bluegrass festival. And uh, he told me that he was a pastor. He was an associate pastor at a church. And, and he told me that he was, you know, praying about doing a revitalization work or replant work with the church. And, so I hunted that guy down and I got in touch with some folks that I knew in that town where I met that guy and I tracked him down and uh, he's at that church today that was looking for a pastor. And we've been able to do that multiple times. Wow. And so it's just been amazing to watch God work so far beyond and outside the bounds of just the music. Mm. It's been really yeah. great. It's, it's, it's music and ministry. Yeah. And uh, even to a degree missions to where in mission work, we talk a lot about planting churches. But today we're talking about replanting churches or just simply revitalization of churches that are dying or are struggling, plateaued. And so 
some churches are in a spot where they are ready, maybe desperate to do something. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a bad place to be where God can come in and work. But you, you've said a few things that are really key. One being especially important, not to do it alone, not to, because that's what happens. You feel alone. You feel, you even as a congregation, definitely as a pastor, you feel by yourself in this, stuck in the spot. And having a network or having a group or just another church or pastor to come yeah. along beside or someone like you to connect people really makes a huge difference. That's the key element, I think, in all of this. I think it really is. And, you know, we're human and a lot of times it's hard for us to ask for help, but there's nothing wrong with asking for help. And there are people that like the North American Mission Board and so many others now, I mean, it's really turned into a movement yeah. beyond Southern Baptist. There are people there to help, you know, congregations that are struggling and they're ready and they realize, hey, we need to make a change. We've got to do something. Um, there's resources out there for pastors, great networks. And so a lot of times it's just getting to the point of realizing, hey, I need help. I need somebody just to encourage me. Yeah, some of the churches that need revitalization, it's not necessarily a relocation they need, yeah. but they do need to look out and see if there's a place where they could start a ministry, a Bible study in an apartment complex. Uh, we talk about that person of influence, Nathan, and a lot of time I see in revitalization, you get one person there that's kind of on fire for the Lord in a strategic location. And, and them do something, some ministry. It doesn't always have to be Bible study. Right. It, it can be an outreach program. It can even be music, yeah. something that draws them in. And it uh, a lot of times it only takes one thing to get it going. I was pastoring for many years, and we had this man come in, and he was helping us with our Sunday school. And he would share with me, he said, you need to have at least one day a year, maybe two, where you have a special day where he called it where you stretch the rubber band and he said you can use it by bringing a music group on you can use it by having something special and all the people show up and they say well that's just one time but he said if you stretch a rubber band when it goes back it's still a little bit bigger around than it was when you stretched it that's and he said if you bring them in some will stick so i can see why music would have that effect because we have people that would come, you know, to hear music. They, they wouldn't come. Like we tried to use the 4th of July and Christmas time mm-hmm. to reach people that they're, they're, they'll come during those times. Mm-hmm. They always come on Easter, mm-hmm. but they'll come at Christmas and do something that would draw them in. And a lot of them would stick. A lot of them were lost and a lot of them were unchurched. Yeah. Have, have you guys noticed, uh, speaking of, of music and, and you guys are, you know, focused a little bit more in the bluegrass side of things. What is that community like? Is that... I know there's some strong church background and gospel influence there, but these days you can hear, I mean, you're talking about an international bluegrass festival. Yeah. I mean, it's that just bluegrass, the genre has, has expanded in a crazy way. Talk about that a little bit. It, it really has. You know, I think if you look back through um, past several years, there are a few points in time, maybe starting back in the 1950s when bluegrass music as a genre just kind of exploded. The last one would probably have been with the old brother for art thou movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It kind of just put bluegrass music back in popular culture. And what we find is, you know, when it comes to bluegrass music and even country music, because they used to be the same genre. Right. And then at one point in time, country radio um, broke it up. And um, so, but it all used to be one genre, but you can never separate gospel 
in country music and gospel and bluegrass music, they're intertwined. You can't separate. And what we even find is even when you work with sometimes um, some fine arts communities and organizations, they might not be believers right. and they might not be about proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they'll even recognize the fact that, hey, that's still a part of, say, our culture. And so we'll still allow it to be there. And we all know that if you put the gospel, it doesn't matter what they think. If you put the gospel out there, it will never come back void. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That music can be an avenue and even the style of music that you enjoy and then that you grow up listening to and can and, and that you even might learn to play. God can use that yeah. as an instrument, no pun intended, to, to carry the gospel, <laughs> um, you know, to carry the gospel around the world. Where where all have you guys been? Like, what's the furthest away that you guys uh, have been to? Well, uh, probably the furthest, I guess. We were in France and Scotland two or three years ago, and uh, we were just in Alaska last fall, summer. Yeah. Uh, we were just in California a couple months ago. So, I mean, we're we're a mobile, man. We just yeah, go wherever God allows the door to be open. Have so. gospel, we'll go. That's we're right. ready. <laughs> Banjo will travel. Well, have y'all gotten used to the traveling part? I, you've been, y'all have been traveling. So you guys came on later. How long have you, y'all guys been with Broken? Uh, I've been in the band uh, about a little over five years. Okay. okay. That's uh, Tyler Robertson, the bass player, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Right. How yeah. about you, Josh? Well, I've been here almost a year. Yeah, right? it's been about a year. Yeah. It's Coming up close. on a year. I traveled with another band prior to that, before I got married and everything like that. So I've done. Kind of the same thing, but on a smaller scale for about 10 years. Yeah. But definitely. Well, when did you start playing the banjo? I mean, the banjo, that five-stringed instrument, it's got a, it's got, let's just say it, one of the most unique sounds that anybody could have. Right. I guess that's a word you could use. Yeah. Unique? <laughs> yeah, unique is a one word for it. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. I started when I was 13. Um, so my, my dad used to play in a, a small bluegrass gospel band, and I actually started playing fiddle when I was about seven or eight years old. Okay. Um, but they needed a banjo player at the time. So uh, I just picked up an old banjo and kind of learned how to do it and haven't touched a fiddle since. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Well, what's the difference in a fiddle and a violin? Um, one has strings. The other has strings. I don't know. Okay. That's what I've always heard. That was good. That was good. That makes sense to me from somebody from Northeast <laughs> yeah. Mississippi. That makes a lot of sense. Well, let me ask you this. The mandolin. I do want to I just, and we'll get back to the mission. Fire away. I just want to do it. Uh, how honestly? How hard is it? I, every time I see Ricky Skaggs or somebody play the mandolin, and I look at that little thing and know, mm-hmm. and how how small an area they have to and work. Ricky's with. a big guy too. He, yeah, he kind of makes guy. that mandolin look yeah. really small. <laughs> so it's it's really similar in a lot of ways to violin, um, as far as like the tuning and where you put your fingers. But I don't know. I mean, I guess if you had really big hands. It, it could be problematic, but I I don't have that problem. So it, it is a tough instrument, but I think to play any instrument well is is a challenge. And so I, I don't really think you can just specifically single out mandolin. I think they all present their own challenges. Well, I understand that, but it's just so, I guess, yeah. just unusual looking. Yeah. See a big old guy up there playing that. Well, little, that was, little, that was one of the things that drew me to mandolin, actually, when I started playing, because I at, when I started playing mandolin, that was the first instrument I played. I, never, I didn't play anything else before that. And um, like a lot of people like start with like guitar and then they'll pick up into something else. But I started with mandolin. My grandpa, I grew up in a family that was not musical in any way. My grandpa used to take me to uh, this little old time bluegrass gospel jam session at the third Friday night of the month at the old 
Methodist church down the road, right? And so I he drug me there. I didn't even like bluegrass music at the time. And sure enough, there's an old, old boy and big old man sitting there playing the mandolin. And I just thought that was the coolest looking instrument I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. And he showed me how to play a couple chords on it. And so, but I, it's the same thing for me. I was like, man, that thing just looks so it does. unique. It does. I wanted to bring that up in your missional part of this, Nathan. Okay. We may have uh, some people listening that their children or grandchildren are musically mm-hmm. inclined. And the possibility of them being on mission for God is a reality. Yeah. yeah. And, and having parents... Our, our grandparents that see that and promote that, mm-hmm. what a opportunity it is for them to to follow Christ Absolutely. in music. And it doesn't have to just be somebody up there singing a solo. It can be an instrument. It can be so you can be on mission for God with, with those abilities and making it count for Christ. Exactly yeah. right. Absolutely. So you guys' last album and project was uh, Appalachian Worship. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Right. Now, it got a little bit of notoriety. Tell me a little bit about about some of that. It did, yeah. You know, we released that, the I think it was the last week of February in 2020, right before we all found out about the pandemic. And so, I mean, it was just really in our minds, it was, oh, man, terrible timing because we yeah. put a lot of work and it was a labor of love putting the album out. But it spent uh, more than 30 weeks on Billboard Magazine's uh, top bluegrass albums chart, which was a first for us, which was really, really great. And um, in the album that we did before that, had uh, there were six top tens on the national bluegrass chart. And so we've just really been blessed in that aspect. And we love it. I mean, like the Billboard magazine chart, that's not a gospel chart. That's a secular right. albums chart. And so for the there was a few weeks, the only other gospel that was on there, and he beat us out. I think the highest we got was like four or five. It was daggone Stephen Curtis Chapman decided to put one out there? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He wouldn't get out of the way. He just hung out there for a long time. <laughs> that's kind of cheating for him to do bluegrass. I know. I know. <laughs> but he can do it. Yeah. I mean, people that can do one is amazing. People that can do, yeah, that's that's rough on everybody, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like pastoring and being able to have a great voice like the great Dr. Adrian Rogers oh, and yeah. being able to get into it as strong as somebody like John MacArthur and no, and they combine all of those in one person. Yeah, uh, it's just so, not right. Well, you, got, not right. you got a good verse, a voice. Bro. Well, it's, it's Southern. I, I told, tell, I yeah. told my dad where I was and yeah. he said, Oh my gosh, that's Bert. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he listens, he listens to you guys all the time. So I, I, I just want to tell you from I've, my dad to you. Oh me. Amen. I've been in uh, Washington, DC, Cincinnati, Ohio, Des Moines, Iowa, and I'll be at a counter somewhere and I'll speak and they say, I know that voice. Yeah. It is <laughs> yeah. kind of distinctive, but it has been great to have you guys here with us today and, and on mission for God. Nathan, here's what's great about this program. The number of people we have been able to talk to and share with and all the different avenues mm. that they are able to make the gospel relevant in missions. It's mm. powerful, isn't it? It really is. God wants to use our gifts, the abilities and the uh, talents that he's given us and things that are growing in us, maybe a vision or a dream or just whatever it is. It could be music. It could be something else. But he wants to use that for his kingdom. Amen. And it's good to see you guys doing that and God leading you in doing that. This is the first time we've had a band on the It is. On we've had program. individuals, yeah. but not a band. So Y'all are first so on this. So we're talking to Chosen Road. Go to chosenroadmusic.com mm-hmm. and check out their uh, albums. Their latest one is Appalachian Worship. So we want you to check that out, and thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today. And we thank you because on Exploring Missions, 
We want you to catch God's vision and complete it with a great commission, wherever or whatever it might be. Thank you again for listening to Exploring Missions.